We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, a special post-game edition where I am joined, I'm Jacob, joined by Taylor. Gotta be real honest, it's kind of become habit during this uh, hiatus. I wasn't really expecting the post-game intro. I miss it. <laughs> yep. We also got Kalmiar here. I'm here, um, and I feel good, I, even though there's a weird thing in the back of my throat. I think it's the mold spores <laughs> in the air after all this damn rain we've had the past week. And, man, you guys just missed, like, 20 minutes of good, like, reliving in the so past. It was so good. With, like, how me and uh, Jacob became best friends. <laughs> It's a little sentimental over here. I want to drive to your house, but we're social distancing. All three of us like went into like in depth and on how we became um, good good writers and um, how like our how we our love for writing began. And not like I kind of want to go type up an essay really quick. Like <laughs> said, no one ever. Like Jake, me? me and Jake became best friends because we were in this historical research class, <laughs> and like he was like, "Hey, you live in Moore, right?" I was like, uh, "Yeah." And then he's like, you want to play pickup? And that's where our best friend's relationship started. Many moons ago. And now he's going to be the really best man. At, he's going to be the best man at my wedding if it doesn't Aww. get destroyed by the uh, coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> June 5th, oh. maybe. It's tentative. We'll see. We'll see. Well, speaking of times long, long ago, we decided tonight. Uh, well, first, our Twitter followers decided on what classic thunder game we should rewatch and podcast about and then we realized we couldn't watch that game 
<laughs> so instead, we found the best classic game we could access for the Thunder, which was game one of the 2012 finals against the Miami Heat. The Thunder come out victorious, 105-94. to 11-point win. They go up 1-0 on LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and the Miami Heat. To take, a, to take a 1-0 lead going into game two, uh, the Thunder would not win another game in the finals. But guys, I want to spend some time talking about this game uh, because it was kind of wild going back and re-watching it. It was very wild because there's so many things that you just forget. <laughs> like, it made um, me... Oh, go ahead, Tyler. No, well, so um, I was fortunate enough to be at the game uh, before this that was also at the Chesapeake Arena, where the Thunder clinched the series against the Spurs, which to this day I claim is the loudest Chesapeake Arena has ever been. Um, even louder than this game, Game 1 of the NBA uh, Finals 2012. However, I also was fortunate enough to be at this game live, and there were so many things that I forgot like watching back on this. Um, and Some of the first things that kind of popped up, I think, to all three of us, one, the first quarter was absolute garbage. <laughs> Just oh, absolute God, it was terrible. bad. Um, the second quarter wasn't much better until like the last five minutes, and they made a little comeback. Three, the Heat played pretty awful, <laughs> which helped a lot. But a lot of that was due, and then we'll get into some themes, but um, the Thunder played really good defense on the two players who mattered, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. Um, Chris Bosh didn't start. thought that was interesting. Kind of forgot about Derek Fisher. He was actually a guy in this game and played really well. And then you have Nick Collison, um, who came in and played some great minutes. Could have been the like kind of low-key, underrated player of the game. Um, so those are just kind of some things that popped up, popped out to me that I had kind of forgotten about. Um, it kind of surprised me as we as we watched together. Um, all three of us actually skyped together and watched and and talked, um, and which was really fun. So here's a fun stat for you. The only Heat player in this game to be a positive in the plus-minus, Joel Anthony with two minutes and <laughs> and, uh, and garbage Anthony. time at the end of the game. That's crazy. Is that like, Chris Bosh and minus Anthony 16? Who put on a fake mustache and, and played for the Heat? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, Chris Bosh a minus 16, LeBron James a minus 11. Wow. And that it's all came wild. in the second half. Yeah, definitely. So by quarter – uh, Thunder get outscored 22 to 29 in the first quarter. Uh, play Miami even in the second quarter. The third quarter, the Thunder outscore the Heat 27 to 19 in the fourth quarter. 31-21 OKC. Some of the things Crazy. I noticed were really interesting. Like, and it's just like really ticky tack, small detail things that I noticed. Of course, I noticed the things tailored, but it's like it's like, oh wow. Uh, in the NBA was sponsored by Adidas, so everybody's wearing Adidas jerseys. <clears throat> or um, looking at the the shot clock, it's like, oh, when the ball hits the rim, it resets to 24 instead of 14. So that makes sense as far as the accelerated game uh, pace of play and in the in the inflated scores to where if the shot clock went back up to 24, everybody would just get back in their sets and r- run the set again. So like now you see why teams are scoring so much more in the uh, 30 points in a quarter is because i mean they just they have less time and everybody's just running 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 instead of you know 24 seconds back on the clock it's an extra 10 seconds you can reset and if you get three extra possessions and nothing comes out of it like you've effectively wasted a minute of everybody's time so that's just a couple of things i yeah, really noticed it's like, of course nick collison like oh my i just forgot how 
how I, how high IQ and how fundamental Nick Carlson was to the team, and he made such a big difference when he was on the floor at that age. Some of his passes, to, to me, the, my favorite Nick Collison play from this game that we watched tonight. So stupid. But so Kevin Durant had the ball on the left wing, kind of up on the elbow at the three-point line. Um, and Derek Fisher was on the right wing. And Nick Collison started to run up from the baseline and motioned for Kevin to pass the ball over to Fish right as Collison got up to set a back screen on Fish's man. So Fish's man couldn't get over the top. Fisher catches the pass. The d- another defender steps up to Fisher, who then fires a pass down low for a dunk. And it's just like those simple, stupid things that like don't seem to matter very much. But Nick Collison set up like a wide open layup just by like motioning for ball movement and then sealing somebody on a back screen. The way he plays is just so tactical and so smart. It, he never makes the wrong pose- makes the it wrong just, play on any possession. It just it makes me. I just I just and I never got the time or opportunity to really appreciate Nick Collison as the player he was. Yeah, like you, you, you just don't think about it till now. It's like he was actually really really good and a really high IQ player that made the fundamental right pass every time. And I mentioned this while we were like talking during the game. It's like if I'm picking guys for pickup, Nick Collison's on my team 100% of the time because this man is making the, the right plays all the time. Now, is he like hyper-athletic like Serge Ibaka? No. But is he going to be at the right place at the right time and making the right plays? Yes. Like, And people always say, like, oh, I wish I could merge Serge and That's what I was about Nick to Collison. Say. <laughs> I wish I could merge that because, like, there were so many times during the game where, like, we were all just, like, laughing because of how low – basketball IQ surge was like this man this this play stuck out to me tonight this man had the ball at the top of the key and he had like Daquan Cook who's not a bad three-point shooter and Derek Fisher on the wing Daquan Cook on the corner who's what was like lights out from the corner and instead of passing it to either one of those guys who has no defender near them he takes a, a, a step through dribble and tries to go to the rim like I think he makes it but it's just like you, you made life on you. so much harder on yourself, and you could have gotten a three-pointer when OKC was down like seven. So it's just like, man, Nick Collison. Like in when the Thunder took the lead in the second half, eventually Nick Collison and Derek Fisher were on the floor, and it was not James Harden. It was who, who was it? It was Russ, Tabo, D. Fish, um, KD, and, and Nick. And Nick. Yep. Serge and uh, and Harden were both off. That's something that we mentioned while we were watching it together. It's like, holy crap. Thunder just went on this big run, and both James Harden and Serge Ibaka are both sitting right now. Um, but something, just before we move on really quick, that I, I want to bring up to you guys. We keep talking about um, Nick Collins and all the small things he does that go unnoticed, how we didn't notice them while he was playing for the Thunder, or maybe we did, but we appreciate them more, etc., etc., who does that remind you of? Who is on the Thunder right now? Who may or may not? And a, a hint, he did. <laughs> the question is, he did. He he may have learned from this uh, from from Nick. He's on the the Thunder team right now. He's very big. He has a beard. He may or may not be from New Zealand. Steven Adams. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he reminds me a it. lot. I mean, that's of exactly like you can totally see Nick Collison's influence on steven and in his game um i think that's really cool i guess something that kind of stood out to me while i was watching nick 
um, do what he does um, during this game. Like it, it really reminds me a lot of what Steven does for our team. I think that the biggest issue with Steven is just he's so big. Um, he, he's so aggressive, and because of that, he gets injured more often. He's banging down low with big guys where Nick was able to kind of like navigate around some of that, right? He was smaller. Um, he was strong but he was able to avoid some of the contact and Steven yeah. just absorbs and takes all that contact. So there's a little bit of a difference there, but well, you know IQ who's going to be Nick Carlson though, right? He's playing Paisley? in Indiana right now. Oh, sorry. Okay. Gotcha. I was like, Don't the bonus. The bonus is going to be the next Nick Carlson. Yeah. That's Sabonis a great point. Good. He's going to be he's the next, good, next, good. next Nick Carlson, but probably better. Like high. He's very high IQ. He's not really that athletic like Nick. But he's ultra talented. Yeah, he's he's more athletic than Nick was, but he's still yep, not yeah. athletic, you know. And he can shoot from outside. I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's a good. I, yeah. I like that. I like that comparison. Well, hey guys, before we continue this conversation, let's take a moment real quick to tell our listeners about BetOnline.ag. So, guys, it's a dead time right now. Not a whole lot going on with no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, betonline.ag, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're not into props and entertainment baiting, betting you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices even the weather um, they mentioned stock prices I actually saw a tweet from them here a couple days ago where you could bet on starbucks uh, stock price with everybody staying home you better believe they still have to go and get their to-go coffee from starbucks so visit their website and join today to receive a 100 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit 100 percent. be sure to use promo code bluewire bet online your online wagering experts. So guys, one of the big themes from this game for me, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant took over half of the shots for the Thunder, which it was just weird to watch that after watching this 2019-2020 team where the the wealth is very evenly distributed. Um, on that 2012 team, it was not. And you can obviously see why, like the two guys with the most talent took the most shots. But I mentioned it to you guys while we were watching the broadcast together that it just felt like every possession was Russ would bring the ball up the court. And then is Russ going to force a pass to KD to isolate or is Russ going to take the ball himself? It was like every possession KD wants the ball. Is Russ going to get him the ball or is Russ going to take it himself? It was just like, are we going option A or option B? It was very like binary. I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that that's probably the biggest thing that stood out to me. And um, honestly, since this since we did this tonight, I'm not sure I've watched. I've gone back and watched. It, it, I, I've seen plenty of highlights, but I'm not sure I've seen a full game um, where Kevin Durant and Russell West, Russell Westbrook were playing together. And I, I I think the thing that stood out the most to me is kind of like you mentioned Jacob like I'm not sure the chemistry really was there on court um it was very much like you said 
you know, my turn, your turn. Definitely. And I think it took a couple of these seasons, such as the last two seasons, um, Russ, Carmelo, PG, uh, then Russ and PG, and now this season, where it's completely different. Obviously, it's um, Chris Paul and Shea and Gallo. It took those three seasons to kind of help me take those blinders off because obviously we are going to be biased. We're going to defend those teams, but I kind of get the uh, on-court tension and maybe the on-court um, instability there that would make KD want to leave or uh, and, and think that it's not going to work with Russell Westbrook. Like I kind of started to understand a little bit watching yeah. this game, which is Even sad though- but crazy. Even though KD later was like with the Golden State Warriors when they figured out their system, there he was like, I, "We need to go more ISO and rely on our talent." It's like, right? That's gotta, literally what you were doing. Yeah. Got to be kidding me! But like I mentioned to the group, like while you're watching, it's just that you could tell early on this, like you could tell from game one why OKC was going to lose the next four games. A perks out there too much, but also B, um, it the OKC's offense. You could like liken it to a battering ram. Basically, there wasn't like, an offense. Trans- transition buckets. Uh, KD is going to take on two to three guys. Russ is going to try to split defenders and take on an extra guy at their rim. It's not. It's just. It's, it's that's not tactical. That's not going to be something that's successful. And that was really just it. And Harden just crapped his pants during the entire series, so he wasn't <laughs> yeah. there. But that's. I Seriously, it, though, I want you to emphasize that point, Kamiar, because you mentioned that to us before we started watching this game. Yeah, and you said you and forgot, I right? Just, I, right, exactly. Like, the only thing I thought I was like, oh, I went to game one. It was really fun. The Thunder won. Yeah. And then LeBron James and D-Wade are just so good, and the Thunder team's young, and that's why they lost. That's the thought I had in my head, because obviously I was younger. But, like, what you said was so true. Like, Harden, there was a reason that... at. In the most critical points of this game, game one of the 2012 um, finals, it was uh, Russell Westbrook, Derek Fisher, um, what Kevin Durant, Tabo, Tabo, and, and Nick, and Nick, yeah, and, and you did not have Serge and you did not have James Harden in those critical times. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, no, think yeah, I, yeah, I just want to emphasize that point. It's just, it's unbelievable. And, like, so, James Harden, do you want to know how many points this man scored <laughs> during the entire NBA Finals? I'm ready for it. He scored in a massive, a massive 60 points. Ooh. Do you know how many Kevin Durant scored? 153. Russell Westbrook, Ooh. 135. Yep. And Seems like it adds up. This was James Harden's sixth man of the year uh, season. And- and he, he did shot, not live up to the hype in the playoffs. He shot 37% from the field. He shot 31% from three. And his free throws were worse than both Katie's and Russ's. It's bad. He, I, it's yeah. bad. Back to kind of the, the idea just of the offense overall, though. I mean, just watching it, you could, I mean, just the stark difference on how Miami ran offense versus how Oklahoma City ran offense. Like you said, Oklahoma City was like a battering ram. It was like elementary school. It was very simplistic. Um, not a lot of movement, player movement or ball movement. It was just uh, give the ball. Like Oklahoma City ran offense. Give the ball to the talented guys and see if they and can run. do something. Yeah. Where they Miami can't pass it to the next talented guy and see if he can do something. Exactly. Where Miami kind of leveraged that talent with team basketball to make the the defense stretch more thin you know and obviously miami loses this game 
but yeah, I mean, they're getting contributions from from Battier, from Mario Mike Miller, Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. Like, like those guys aren't great. Mike Miller know? like single handedly buried them in 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 game five and like exactly you know exactly. Like, but I mean, all Mike Miller can do is shoot. You know, he can't defend. He can't create his own shot. He can shoot, and so. You know, the, the Heat were able to utilize a system and utilize their talent to make the people around them better, where it just felt like the Thunder didn't have that ability then. And well, then you look at I, the offense, and OKC passed the ball, like, just, again, like you said, Taylor, between their stars, really, or they passed it to, like, Derek Fisher to get it to one of their stars. And or Miami enforcing it down they, low. Yeah, yeah right. Miami, they, they, they moved the ball several times from side to side into the corners, and it just wasn't set up for success at all, and... I'm looking at more James Harden stats. This man averaged 26 points during the year, and he scored a whopping like 11 points a game during the series. So just not a good series for this man. Yeah. So yep. just uh, on that point, you guys mentioned uh, Miami running an offense. Uh, one of the biggest things that stood out to all three of us, <coughs> I think Jake was the first to mention to us while we were on Skype when we first started the game, Chris Bosh, the, uh, the, the third man of the big three of the Miami Heat, he didn't start game one of the NBA Finals. Yeah, he said, who's that number 40? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Jonas, Jonas Haslam and uh, Shane Battier started instead. And, it, I mean, it it worked. For, I mean, at Grant, I think Chris Bosh ended up starting, um, if not the rest of the games of the series, at least some of them. But still, like, obviously, um, Spolstro was, was uh, strategizing. And he was, um, you know, he was, he was trying to run an offense. And I think that's a, a pretty – good comparison to the thunder who it was very much you know your turn my turn not a whole lot of ball movement and like it stood out to all three of us there was a couple of times where we were like oh my gosh look at that ball movement because it it just it, it sticks out you're not used to that and so it's really interesting looking back on you know again just to i, I know we've already talked about this but looking back on the thunder's offense back during that time because like back then we were trying to defend it but like looking at it now um it's really funny, you know, kind of seeing our different perspective on it. Or taking Definitely. a look at taking a look at Russ and his body and everything, how his body had morphed over time. That was um, crazy. And because, even LeBron, they were all so yeah. thin. All I them. mean, LeBron, LeBron in Miami makes sense because they want all of them toned and athletic and to be able to run a lot. And now older LeBron, he's not going to run that much, so he's built more like a tank, so he can withstand things. But like. Young Russ was like he was still muscular, but like he was also very very slender and very lean. So very like wiry, yep. it makes sense. It makes sense like how he would just get on the break and just leap above his head above the rim. And I mentioned like this, of course, isn't like this is not me saying oh this is what happened, but this is me like just speculating and maybe like likening something to like what happened later on in his career is that after the knee injury. Russ started to get more bulky, um, especially later and on. His upper started body. to get more bulked up. Like he got significantly more muscular in his last few years in OKC than he was originally, and maybe that has something to do with the amount of lift he was getting, and maybe it has something to do with his jump shot and why he stopped dunking the ball and stressing the knees and stuff like that. Whereas Great like early throws. on in the career, when he was super light, um, he could he was high flying, and that has something to do with age as well. But like. It also makes me think of what Paul George said when he was coming to OKC because PG, when he was going into that season with the Pacers, he didn't know he was going to be traded or not. He said he was going to he was going to bulk up because he knew he was going to be basically the offense. And then when he learned he was traded to OKC, 
he knew he had to lose a lot of weight because he knew they liked to run up and down the floor. So I I just wonder like what that did for Russ's future as far as like him being slender and just high flying, running everywhere, uh, dunking everything into later on his career, him being super bulked up and how that has, you know, affected maybe his jump shot, his free throw, his lift, and of course why he started laying the ball up way more. I'm with you there, completely. I'm really glad you yeah, really glad you brought that point up. It's interesting. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was wild to see just the body differences from back in 2012. Uh not only Russ, but like we said LeBron, uh KD, um <laughs> Perkins from 2012 now. <laughs> um you know, just it's it's uh it's pretty wild. It is pretty wild. Um any other thoughts on this game guys before uh we wrap this bad boy up? I mean, that fourth quarter, um, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I actually have a stat here. Uh, Kevin Durant scored 17 of his 36 points in the fourth quarter. Russell Westbrook added 27 points and 11 assists total, obviously. But basically, that fourth quarter was just, it was your turn, my turn. But it worked so well that they were able to beat a team like the Miami Heat um, doing so because Russ and KD were just able to take over. And just let their pure athleticism and and Katie's scoring ability and Russ's ability to get to the rim, um, that was that was huge for this team in the fourth quarter. And when we were watching this game, at least I'm thinking back to you know, uh, being there live and uh, like thinking this team actually has a chance. I know, Comair, you were talking about like you were at work during the majority of the game. You yep. went back for the last like couple two or three minutes, got to watch it live, and then. After that, you were talking about how Bricktown, downtown, was just going crazy. People on cars and stuff. Like the Thunder, you would think that that, that it was a one-game series and Thunder had won the championship because that's kind of the way it felt. It's like this young team. And remember, the series was 2-3-2. It wasn't 2-2-1-1-1 anymore. That's a good point. Exactly. And I think part of that feeling for the city, just feeling like this was the promised year, you have to remember their path to the finals was they had to beat – the Dallas Mavericks, who were the defending champs. Who had knocked them out like two out of the last three years. Kobe Bryant had to and beat, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> who were uh, previous champs. And then the San Antonio Spurs, yep. who were previous champs. So like they kind of went through this murderer's row of the playoffs to kind of make it. You know, and, and each year they had gone farther and farther and farther. Yep. Uh, you know, the first year they, they just lost in the playoffs in the first round. Then next year they, they went a step further. The next year they played against the Mavericks in the, the Western Conference yep. Finals and lost. And then this year they win the Western Conference Finals, and it just kind of felt like it was that year. And then after they lost this series, it, it was – Okay, we took this step again. We went from the Western Conference Finals we'll to back. the NBA Finals. I mean, everybody's exactly. saying we'll be back. Even yep. everybody Jeff said Gundy it's even just like that. Michael Jordan's Bulls and right. the Bad Boys. They had to learn their lessons from the Spurs and the Mavs, and they're going to win a couple. They'll definitely be back, and then, well, here we are today. Well, yep. even during this broadcast, Jeff Van Gundy had a couple. Der- he was one of the ESPN uh, broadcasters covering the game, and he had a couple comments about you know this young thunder team and oh man like they're they're going to be an elite team for an for a while and they're up there as a you know as a championship contender like that's what we all were thinking um and then the james harden trade obviously happens this coming summer uh 2013 or i guess sorry 2012 2012 2013 season um but even then that thunder team was 
maybe even better throughout the yep. regular season. And then obviously the Russell Westbrook knee injury happens with Pat Bev. Um, and just what a roller coaster ride it's been. I, I mentioned this on our uh, <laughs> coronavirus special pod between when me and Justin did, but like what a roller coaster it's been as a Thunder fan, right? You have all these ups and downs, and we're finally back up to this up this season, right? With this super fun team that we didn't really expect. Low, low expectations are exceeding them all. Yeah, they, they've been so fun to watch, and now we may not get to see them finish the regular yeah, season. Yeah, crazy. And even if we do get to see them in the playoffs, it's not going to be the same team because of the huge break and, you know, obviously not getting, um, not being in game shape, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just, uh, yeah. Also imagine, so like, life. <laughs> imagine the Clippers trading everything that they did away just to get a title and <laughs> this season's canceled. That's a good so news. you don't even get a chance to prove any. Yeah. Well, and, like, and Houston too, right? Yeah, and, and Houston, look, that's a good point. Looking at the game, I like. I asked the guys, like, is this like the last time OKC had, le- had legitimate shooting guards? Because not only did you have yep. Kaba, who's an excellent defender, who still averaged points per game, and although he would pump fake too much, he was still <laughs> a good player nonetheless. Uh, and then, of course, you had James Harden, who's the elite player he is today. And then you went on a slew of just like randos, right? Yep. Like the like. Is is Lou Dort the most complete two guard OKC's had in a while since well, Tabo? <laughs> unless if you consider, I mean, they played Shea, Shea at, at, the, at two, the two three, at the beginning of this Dennis, year, but yeah. yeah, I mean, besides that, you've had or, Terrence Ferguson, complete, Andre Robertson, maybe, but most functional, you might say, like on offense and defense. Yeah, mo- because yeah, most that's rounded. something that that's something that that has gone that I meant I I noticed in the game was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen James Harden play defense. Like, like this, this since he was since, in OKC. Since he was in OKC, James yep. Harden defense. He actually played tough defense. Do you in remember OKC. when he used to like get into it with Kobe Bryant? Yeah, like he and Kobe would go at it. So it was, was like the Grizzly series. Like I, I mean, I, I and it sucks because we had all these games planned out that we were hoping. Oh to wait, recover. sorry, not to cut you off, but we're totally overlooking uh, probably the best two guard in Thunder history, Dion Waiters. Dion freaking waiters. I knew it. Get oh, your weight up. Hashtag right. waiters island. Remember when he would he used to he would have to like be at the free throw line, but like take two steps to the left because his shot <laughs> instead was of straightening <laughs> the shot, yeah. he just moved over. Yeah, that was like, uh, remember favorite. that time that he had to leave the bench because he had to go poop. Yeah, and they said he had stomach <laughs> issues. But it's just like, and then he pushed somebody. <laughs> he pushed Manu Ginobili when he was trying to inbound the ball, and he got away uh, with it. The yeah. man was a genius. Oh my goodness! But man, it's just—it's just weird to see all everything that happened. It's like, wow, James Harden actually played defense. Like you didn't see—you never seen that in Houston. And like, it's weird to think just like everything that's transpired since then, and all the rule changes, and like exactly. no ads on the jerseys, the Thunder the difference in play. The, the like Thunder it's... jerseys have completely changed as far as like how like how, how the piping is and. How like all all the small little differences on it are too, and it's just like it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, it's like stepping back in a time machine. Like we were, me and Jake were still in college. Like and at Taylor, I, I was a little baby are, high schooler. Oh yeah, you, I, <laughs> well, how old are you? So I was a junior in high school. Okay, um, so I would have been seventeen. So like yeah, um, me me and Jake were in college, and you were close to getting into college. Like and now like. 
we all have families and homes yeah. and shit. Like that's it, crazy. That's, that's so weird. It doesn't feel that long ago. But and I feel like yeah. I've known you guys like forever. You know, and, and we've been doing this for what two years? Yeah, yeah. over two years. And it's it's just weird to think that like Katie has a ring, Serge has a ring, Perk had one before he came to OKC, and Russ and Harden were maybe gonna get close to having a chance this year now yep. that the Warriors yeah, were dead and um you know with small ball lineups I don't know and then uh this year's cut short so it's it's all it's all going to be a 30 for 30 one day we just don't know how exactly it's going to end yep it's pretty wild awesome well hey thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast hope you enjoyed it uh if you'd like to go back and watch this Thunder versus Heat game one of the finals. Uh, we just watched it on the NBA app. You have to have an NBA TV subscription. But if you do, you can hop on and you can watch any game from any finals throughout the 2010s. So it was a pretty good experience. I don't know if we're going to watch any other ones because they're all losses for the Thunder. But we had a great time. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to us kind of break this one down. Make sure you check out our our uh, podcast network, Blue Wire Pods. They're at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter. Also, go to betonline.ag right now. Any money that you put in for your first time, they will match 100%. Go bet on some stuff or play some online uh, poker games, uh, casino games, whatever. We should be back with you again before the week is over with another special episode. Uh, again, thank you guys so much. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Bender up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.